Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Last time we read Dante's Inferno, Canto V, where we met two of the comedy's most famous characters, Paolo and Francesca, wheeling in the whirlwind of lust. Today we move into the circle of the gluttons, where we meet Chaco. And in the first few Conti, we begin to see something of the arrangement of hell. For Dante, it is not just a haphazard assemblage of sinners. Instead, the damned are organized according to the degree in which their sin violates their nature. Sins of the flesh, like lust and gluttony, are more natural, are nearer to love, than those things we'll see in the depth of hell, the specifically human sins, like malice and fraud. That said, let's follow Dante into Inferno, Canto Six. At the turning of my mind, which failed before the pity of those two conjoined, whose state confounded me with grief, I see new torments, new souls tormented, turning about me wherever I might move, wherever I might turn or gaze. I am at the third circle, that of rain eternal, ill-spoken, cold and grave, ruled in kind and never knew. Heavy hailstones, stained rain and snow turn down the tenebrous air. The stinking ground receives it. Cerberus, the cruel and swollen beast, howls like a dog with three gullets above those souls submerged. The eyes are vermilion, the beard oily and black, the underside swollen and the paws clawed. He flays the spirits, scores and quarters them. The rain makes them keen like dogs. The wretches make themselves their screens, squirming first to one side, then the other. When he'd seen us, Cerberus the great worm, he spread his jaws and showed his fangs. There was none of him that held firm. And then my leader spread his palms, pressed the earth, and with his fists full hurled the dirt down the lusting gullets. Like the dog that bays its craving and quits as it chews its meal, intending only to devour it, so were made the filthy faces of the demon Cerberus, who thunders so upon the souls that they'd as soon be deaf. We were passing over the shades sprawled in the grave rain, and placing our feet upon the vanities that appear persons. They all lay idle on the ground, outside of one who sat up, rapt that he saw us pass before him. O oh, you who come drawn through this inferno, he said to me, recall me if you can. You were before my own making made, and I to him. The anguish you bear may tear you from my mind, for it doesn't seem to me I've ever seen you. But tell me who you are to be so ill off in this painful place, and to pay such a penalty that none, though greater, holds more sorrow. And he to me. Your city, which is so full of envy that now the sack spills, held me in the serene life. Your townsfolk called me Chaco, for the damned fault of the gut, as you see, I lie listless in this rain. And my soul is not sad alone, as all these stand the same pain for the same fault. And made no further words. I responded, Chaco, your undoing pains me so it invites me to weep. But tell me if you know, to what come the people of the parted city? If a single one is just and tell me the occasion for this great discord that's assailed it. And he to me, through a long time's tension they'll come to blood, and the woodland part will hunt the other with much destruction. 
Then shortly it shall fall to them within three sons, and that other shall smart with the force of the one who waits. For a long time these high-browed will goad the others, holding them under grave yokes, however they should weep or be ashamed. The just are too, and go unnoticed. Giant pride, envy, and avarice are the three sparks that have inflamed their hearts. Here was the end to the sorrowful sound, and I to him. I wish you'd instruct me still and make me the gift of speaking more. Farinata and Tegiayo, those so worthy, Jacopo Rosticucci, Arigo and Mosca, and those others engaged in doing good. Tell me where they are and what you know of them. For great desire bids me to know if heaven sweetens or hell embitters them. And he, there among the blacker souls, different faults draw them to the deep. So shall you see should you descend so far. But when again you're in the sweet world, I pray you bring me back to men's minds. I'll say no more, nor respond to you again. Now the clear eyes turned askance. He regarded me a moment, and then bowed his head, and melted into his blind companions. And the leader said to me, He'll rouse no more before the sound of the angelic trumpets, when the inimical power will come. Then each shall see again the sad tomb, replace his flesh and his figure, and bear what resides in eternity. So we passed on through the filthy mixture of the shadows and the rain, with slowed steps, touching a bit on the future life, at which I asked, Master, these torments, will they freshen at the grand sentence, or will they lessen, or will they burn as now? Return to your learning, which says that as a thing's the more perfect, the more it feels the good, and so of the pain. All these people, cursed so that they'll never come to true perfection, will wait nearer it than now. We turned along that rounded road, speaking more I'll not repeat, and reached the point where it degrades. There we came to Plutus, the great foe. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. Please remember to spread the word, subscribe, rate, and review, and I'll see you Friday for Canto 7.